Welcome, everybody, to the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van And uh, we are here again. And just to, you know, to kind of give you guys some housekeeping anyway, I mean, that last that last episode with uh, Josh and Brandon, where I'm still wearing the same shirt, um, because, you know, the way that we we're recording things anyway. And that was a great episode. So we hope that, fun, uh, man. I enjoyed you know, it a lot. Yeah, I hope a week later uh, people are still thinking and uh, that, uh, again, it's provided some good good uh, discussion to start the year off, uh, especially with Tag You're It and uh, the circles anyway, to, especially as we get into uh, the the whole uh, abortion thing and abolishing and stuff like that. And I, I did want to make a little statement anyway. So I've had a recent little discussion on Facebook, and uh, it's with a guy that actually uh, sided with me um, at the Missouri Baptist Convention. And I just want to mention this before we get into it anyway. I just want to make sure that um, the way that I answered him, if you get on the Facebook timeline and you um, you know you can't actually um, uh, assume my tone and uh, maybe I'm stern or whatever, I was giving good quick answers. The fact the the, fa- the fact of the matter is Missouri is not an abolitionist state. Um, there is a sign up in Colorado saying welcome to Colorado. We've seen that with Illinois because Missouri is a pro-life state, which still regulates murder and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so it's just one of those things whenever you read stuff like that, don't assume tone, but it, there's some really good information on that that I was uh, suggesting with a friend. And so I wanted just to tell Jeff, love you, brother. I thank you so much. You know, if you get a hold of this podcast, I want you to know that I love you and I thank you for for uh, standing up with me at the Missouri Baptist Convention and uh, definitely saying that equal protection is the standard and uh, trying to help call our fellow brothers and sisters. So there is no uh, bad blood or anything. I hope that it's just edifying and sharpening one another. Um, I just did feel just like not not, not, so not necessarily convicted, but just definitely convicted to say something about um, just the way that things do come across on Facebook uh, because it's just text and we can uh, we can talk about some serious things and people take things um, the wrong way a lot. So um, for everybody else, that saw that that's just what I was doing just answering those questions and um and uh, clarifying uh, why I posted what I posted. But anyway, um, let's uh, get on to the Tag Your It podcast. Uh, we are going to do a little bit of a different format this year. So if you've noticed in the past, we had like multiple topics on one show and stuff like that. And so what we're going to do, because uh, Dave is a busy man doing Spurgeon College and being a pastor and is a an awesome small community of Lynn Valley. And then uh, just a lot of stuff with the abolitionist stuff that's going on. Me and my family job, all that stuff, man, like this past year has been nuts uh, for both of us. So we're just going to make sure that we keep things uh, topically and uh, that we definitely, we want to make sure that we have something to give you every week. Um, And uh, you know, if it, even if it's just 40, 20, 40 minutes or something like that. So we're going to start kind of separating things out by uh, topic anyway. So you might see a little, bit less time uh per week which uh you know we don't want to take up your whole whole day and listen to the podcast but we are grateful for you guys listening so um if you guys uh please um if you guys are getting in on the podcast uh right now in the new year please give us a subscribe on youtube give us a a review a five-star review on your uh, podcast app that helps uh that's the free thing that you can do we're not asking for money we're just asking for just a few moments of your time to do that that'd be great as uh especially as the uh the abolitionist uh, season warms up and uh, gets in full swing with the session going on in uh, in our states and stuff like that too. That'll help get the information that we have on that, especially um, even more to people. So if you could do that for us, that'd be amazing. So uh, thank you again for your time and consideration for the Tag Your Podcast. So now let's get in. And uh, last time I t- definitely took a lot of the mic time. So you know I'm going to uh, cede the mic to, da- or to Dave um, because uh, we do this together. 
together, but then again, we're kind of working separately to where we can provide content and get deep and rich in there. And sometimes we definitely have a good division of labor in that. So Dave, take it away. Um, even though I suggested this video, I saw this video, but Dave definitely has taken the time and we will get in. So you've seen this guy before on our podcast and we're going to probably, I'm going to probably find some stuff to um, talk about him and what he's got to say, because this will get into our, um, I guess the, the war against deconstruction and, <laughs> yeah, so what I see with this gentleman that uh, Adam so kindly introduced me to his TikTok videos, Mike Mashiro, I believe is how yeah, you Mike say Mike Mashiro. I'm going to say it's Mike May, M-A-E, Mashiro. Mashiro. With a sweet well, mustache, by the way. Obviously was part of the Bethel School of Miracles, and he attended there, it seems, but in the last few years, he has come out, if I understand correctly, as gay and likewise, he has quite the following on TikTok and other social media platforms where he does little response videos, reaction videos to different evangelical things. So what we would do is just kind of work through some of his theology and begin to assess some of the statements that he has made. Frequently when he's making these statements, he's doing so unopposed. And, and so in order to actually try to uh, get a little bit of a voice into this idea, we thought we would just respond to some of his thoughts. And again, it is a response, not a reaction. Reactions are not very thoughtful. Responses are thoughtful. So yeah, and it's one of those things. Yeah. And like just to, to preface it again, if you, you're getting on a podcast or if you missed it or whatever, you can go back a few episodes and uh, look for our uh, episode called Attention Anti-Repenters, which is a response to his attention anti-gay cr Christians. And so, again, we've had him. We've had his uh, stuff on the show before. That's uh, what kind of prompted me to kind of look around and see what else he's got. And so uh, this, and, and, you know, this will kind of be just another uh, person that is definitely a part of the deconstructionist move, especially um, with the whole Bethel uh, thing, too. That's uh, an interesting um understanding uh, the little factoid that we we had yeah. found that he was involved with that too so you know like uh, we've dealt with the venues in the past that's definitely a deconstructionist church um but you know it's it's not uh you know that's deconstructionism is not monolithic to the venues it's everywhere and, and so let's uh widen the scope of um just the topics and the people that are uh propounding them and uh just uh try to just keep on nailing nails into the coffin of deconstructionism for sure so I think this video is titled "When I," <clears throat> excuse me, "When I Used to Be an Evangelical Christian." When I was an evangelical Christian, I used to be certain of when. And I'm going to just stop right there because yeah. it's the point <laughs> that I'm going to start is when I was an evangelical yeah. Christian. The first element that we can recognize right out of the gate is the fact that he never was an evangelical Christian because we recognize this in John chapter 10 verse 28. Jesus is very clear that he gives them eternal life that they never perish and no one will snatch them out of my father's hand. Obviously, this gentleman did not have an understanding of evangelical or Protestant theology. Likewise, it's very clear in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, as Paul writes to the church at Philippi, he makes it exceptionally clear that he who began a good work in you will see it through to his completion. This gentleman obviously was not an evangelical in any sense of the Protestant definition. Further, when we look at the just textbook definition of evangelical, that is those relating to or being in agreement with the Christian gospel, especially. Mm -hmm. as presented in the four Gospels. So obviously Mike does not understand what it meant to be an evangelical, and because Jesus has made it clear, and he is God, that no one can snatch them out of our fa my Father's hand, 
Therefore, Mike was never truly an evangelical Christian. But likewise, John writes in 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, they went out from us, but mm -hmm. they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. And uh, the word that's going to come up that he's going to say here in a second, too, uh, what, what word is that? What is the definition that you provided a definition in John? What is the term used for that definition, Dave? The term used for that definition, evangelical. Oh no, or, it's antichrist. The antichrist, it's the term. So yes. you're 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 pulling that yes, from First John that says that they came in. Um, yes. Hebrews could talk about this that that tasted that have seen have been a part of, and the, then to leave right. So, I mean, when you look at that, they, they, they came in and then they left showing that they were never a part of the body. And, and so, likewise, yeah. And then also we need to look at the, the term evangelical from the fact of when you look at the gospel, Jesus said what he, he was preaching the good news, which is the rendering of evangelon. So that's where we get evangel from. And he said, what, what does he say? He says the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So again, when you go back to the anti-repenter theme that we started out with, with uh, Mashiro here, um, that's the issue is, was he ever evangelical by a, an objective definition? Well, likewise, we would note that the evangelical Christian, generally an American actual, actual uh, designation, is that evangelical Christian. That's, again, an American uh, derivation of Protestantism, which is, of course, grounded in the atoning work of Christ Jesus, grounded in the five solas. And so, obviously, this gentleman did not know what it meant to be an evangelical. He could not be an evangelical according to Scripture. Therefore, he could not be an evangelical according to Christ because Christ does not stop that good work that he content that he has created in you. Likewise, in Romans, it makes it clear for the gifts of the calling of God are irrevocable. Uh, once you are mm -hmm. saved, you are always saved. Therefore, to make this designation at the beginning is a complete lie and demonstrates a fundamental misunderstanding of even the terminology. And so therein lies the great problem. So let me move on forward here in this, if that is okay. He says, when the end of the world was who the Antichrist was, what heaven was like, what help. Okay. I was certain on when the end of the world was. First of all, here's the problem. There is nothing in Scripture that teaches when the end of the world is going to take place. Yeah. This then makes it clear that not only did this young man not understand what it meant to be an evangelical Christian, but he added to what that group believes about Scripture. Yeah. Further, this idea of who the Antichrist was, again, this statement itself would be troubling to most Protestants because there is nothing in Scripture that teaches us that Christians can name directly who the Antichrist is. Further, the idea that there is one Antichrist is not even an agreed-upon concept within evangelicalism. So the major yeah. issue here is that this young man is making claims and generalizations of some of his misunderstandings. They are so poor, the poor teaching that he grew up under, the poor teaching that he was part of, claiming that all the evangelicals are wrong, is simply a misunderstanding and misattribution of concepts that are not even related. It's an informal fallacy of hasty general generalization, and it's irrational thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. And I mean, he's just going to attack this idea of certainty. So that's that's where the uh, serpent mm. comes in in this conversation, because he basically he's he's not a, he's attacking certainty. 
And yeah. so he's going to he's going to attack certainty and then put the ad hominem of you evangelicals. You're certain about everything. And guess what? I mean, the end of the video is the telltale issue to definitely to to get to and 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 talk about. But that's you know that's exactly what he's hitting on is certainty. Um, and and then that's whenever we have to go in, you know, with the, with the covenantal apologetic and go, yeah, you, you, you can't do that. But so his, yeah. his certainty on the antichrist, his certainty on what heaven is like again, first Corinthians chapter two, verse nine says, no, eye has seen no ear has heard. No heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, it is clear that this man was yeah. obviously part of a group that added to scripture. Yeah. These are secondary and tertiary matters that were added to as first level doctrines. Therein lies part of his problem. See, theology matters. This group of what I would consider probably a very legalistic and uh, uh, very charismatic group, because we know yeah. that, is very problematic. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep, yeah. Keep on playing because, yeah, the, the, the big issue is going to be like the pendulum swing between too much certainty. And then uh, then you're going to swing to the other way where we can't have certainty at all. Yeah. Yeah. Who was going to either? I knew what words you were and weren't allowed to say. I knew what you could or couldn't do with your own body. I knew I was right. So there yeah. is where I'm going yeah. to be very yeah. – uh, to me, it's very interesting, of course, what hell is like and who is going to either. Again, he's still making this claim that, that Christians actually don't make – Evangelicals say they can't know those individuals. We know that God knows those things, but the the idea that He has knowledge on certain aspects and elements of what hell is like is certainly we we can have some knowledge of those things. But this what seems to be an all encompassing knowledge is is incredibly arrogant. Um, yeah. And then he moves on to the, the words that we weren't allowed to say. Again, Scripture doesn't say you can't say this word. It does tell you don't use the Lord's name in vain. But things like Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Certainly, those are incredibly important things. Yeah. Uh, but there's not this legalism that he is uh, attaching to it that begins to present what is the, the real, real problem. And then he goes to, again, I knew what you could and could not do with your body. I knew I was right. I mean, certainly Christians are yeah. called to live holy lives. Um, there's a standard for what it means to live yeah. a holy life. And this is something that we can have access to in God. Yeah, and, and he's only saying the I am right part. He knew he was right because uh, I'm going to say that his worldview is a uh, from the single story trying to build the second story. Um, yeah. So this might be uh, trouble for somebody that uh, is on the Thomas Aquinas train that has to uh, build from neutral ground. Uh, a foundation, you know, we have to agree on the foundation to then build the second story. But you know, again, the enlightenment has failed. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and this is and this is the this is the repercussions of the enlightenment is this uh, willy nilly use of ideas, but it's just completely deconstructionist, even on on logical grounds, like deconstructing yeah. that. And and so like he's not going to have any basis for building anything. He's going to only deconstruct, but he's going to have nothing to construct from. Yet he's going to act like it. Uh, at least in word, but it's one of those things, is he ever posting anything that actually builds anything, or is he just going to deconstruct and then just get you to deconstruct with him, and then we're all of a sudden just going to be a deconstructed mass of people fighting each other, and there's going to be no love 
um, out right. of it because there is no foundation for love. So bingo. And there's your your massive problem again. You know, I said this yeah. in the last episode, but it, it's true logically. If you build your argument on a faulty premise, your argument, your conclusion is going to be wrong, right? Yeah. His idea that he was a Christian, was an evangelical, was faulty. He maybe responded emotionally to something. Again, Bethel is a highly emotive type of group. But again, this 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 certainty of I knew I was right that presents a huge lack of immaturity. Yeah. And and likewise, as Christians, we don't say I know I am right. We say God has revealed Himself. Yes. That is how we know because God knows and has made Himself known. He is a God who speaks, and we yeah. can have an understanding of reality because we have a revelational epistemology. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's not saying that I'm right. And even Jesus um, did this in His earthly ministry. He's like, I'm not saying this in my own accord, but the one who sent me Amen. had said this. I'm giving the word. So. Christ even didn't appeal to himself. He appealed to the Father, though him and the Father are one. Um, but it's that 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 mystery again, again. Like so, here's where I say the word mystery, and you're going to hear that. See, oh, you hold the mystery. I'm holding the mystery. No, the thing is, is I don't conflate comprehend uh, incomprehensibility with certainty. You don't have That's to right. comprehend everything that certainty. So, um, you know, this would even be Sight and Brinkate would say, I don't know everything. But what I do know, I know for certain. That's right. So, you know, I can I can know certain things for certain without knowing everything. Yeah. And so whenever I make a certain claim, I can only make a certain claim if it is certainly revealed. And so this goes to, back to Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things are of the Lord's, but uh, what he has revealed, he has given to us and our children. And so yeah. I can deal with one of those things. And God asks us, you know, Christ asks us to be ambassadors. Yeah. And so how can we be ambassadors if we have like you know so again we can't conflate um in the incomprehensibility of god with the fact that we can't know anything about him so again there's a pendulum and you 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 get too much certainty and legalism and all that kind of stuff and adding and taking away again, oh so you add it or you take away you, yeah there you go god has revealed and here's the other yeah. issue because it tells us in first corinthians 2 14 that the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of god for they are folly to him and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned the problem is as we've already seen because according to god's word he wasn't a christian what he says he knows or knew was false to begin with because he had a false foundation so the young man and his claims are false because he was not a christian therefore he could not spiritually discern what is true yeah uh, it is incredibly important and then he goes on here let's go ahead and hit play and everyone who didn't agree with me was wrong but the more i follow the spirit of god and the more studious i am with the bible so why is the bible the important i know bingo the I less know. i know so yeah so he's going to the pendulum so either i have absolute certainty about everything and so you know i have so again he's conflating on this side the the comprehensibility and certainty and then if you if you can't if you if there's incomprehensibility in God, then you go to this other side. I know nothing. And it's like, wait a second. So you're you're but you're going to say Bible, mm -hmm. and God says that I have revealed things. I cannot lie. I cannot deny myself. I'm going to tell you about. Uh, yeah, I say my name is Yahweh, and I am long suffering and gracious and merciful. Well, guess what? I can't know that. You said it, God, but I still can't know it, right? Oh, no. That's, maybe I can know that. Maybe I can know God is merciful. Maybe not the particular 
all the particular details, but guess what I can know? The all-knower, the all-knowing one that created the universe told me something about himself. And then we have also the whole LGBTQ thing that goes, um, believe me in what I say, I'm a woman, and you have to believe that. So it, you can't even go by your own standards. We mm -hmm. talked about this before at the venues uh, and pronouns and God being like mother God and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, he used, he used male pronouns. So Jesus reveals him as father. So you're not even giving God the same thing that you want other people to do because God has announced, I am father. <laughs> so please use my pronouns. So there's the double standard um, yeah. and that sort of sort of thinking. So this is what this is what happens. You start blowing up and deconstructing, got nothing to build. And uh, so, yeah. So, again, that you got to swing the other way if you conflate incomprehensibility and certainty. If you can't have a total exhaustive, comprehensive knowledge, then you can't have any certainty about anything. And you go over here instead of going and we don't have to do a Hegelian synthesis either. Like we're just dealing with. We have knowledge. We have certain revealed things that we know for certain. Not everything, but God has given us sufficient, authoritative, inerrant uh, information <laughs> and necessity <laughs> too. So the entire premise is faulty in that right out of the gate he says, "When I used to be an evangelical Christian," yeah. the reality is that he was not. So yeah. therefore, his reasoning from that faulty starting point causes all of these other statements to fall by the wayside. No, he didn't know what heaven was like. No, he didn't know what hell was like. No, he didn't know uh, about what you could and you couldn't do with your body. Why? Because he is starting with a foundation. When he says, I was an evangelical Christian, those words have meaning, right? The evangelical Christian believes that scripture is God-breathed, that it is the ultimate standard. So then you need to test each of these things for consistency. The problem is there is a way that seems right unto man and its end is death, Proverbs 14, 12. The problem is his faulty foundation threw every single thing off because he couldn't actually reason scripturally. He couldn't actually reason spiritually in a way that was consistent with how an evangelical Christian would think. But then yeah. he does this really weird thing. He goes back and he says, uh, the more I follow the spirit of God, what spirit of God? See, I mean, you might be following a spirit, but you got to prove go. that it's a the spirit because, like, we are told in the Bible, which again, the spirit of God. And more, I study the Bible, so that Bible says um, that the spirit of God convicts the world of sin. Yes, and so, you have to deal with the sin. other video that we talked about um, that uh, you were that this that this Mashiro dude is telling us that uh, you know if you are against homosexuality, wait a second, wait a second, the spirit is going to convict you of sin. And there's a standard for sin, and so where else am I going to go then? Especially if that Holy Spirit, if not one thing that was written by a prophet, um, if that prophet was guided by the Holy Spirit, then that was the main author, the ultimate author of the law that says homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. And so if you – if yeah, yeah, so again, he can't deny himself. Yeah. Any spirit exactly. that would teach you something that is opposite of what God has revealed or in contradiction is not the spirit of God. That's how you test yeah. that spirit. So the spirit that he's listening to is obviously not the spirit of God because God makes it very clear. Hebrews 6, 18, the verse that we have pointed out time and time yeah. again, it's impossible for God to lie. Titus 1, 2, God never lies. Uh, again, number Oh, and then the, the whole gospel thing. God the whole is gospel not man thing. that he should lie. Yeah. yeah. 
and the whole gospel thing that Paul said, you know, if you if another person, uh, an angel, whoever, if me even comes up to you and preaches a different gospel. I'm like, if you look back at his last video, um, if you tell people that they have something wrong with them, you're wrong. And it's like, wait a second. The gospel says you're wrong. The gospel says you're wicked. The gospel says you did not seek God and that the gospel is that God worked in you, the spirit to come to him, to hear Jesus's voice, to come and be raised up on the last day. So even in that sense, like this is he is not listening to the spirit of God. He is listening possibly to a demon himself, whatever it is. Um, there's a few categories that we can we can uh, we can't know certainly in his situation, but we do have information from the all-knowing one that created the universe, who has sent his son, has put him on the throne, um, has uh, had prophets and and, and apostles write uh, for his, covenantal documents for his people. That are in covenant with him, <laughs> you know, we, we have covenantal knowledge um, uh, to be able to assess the situation and show both sides while he's either listening to himself and his deceitful heart. Um, but then again, that's still under the authority of the evil one. So no matter what, second, you can't get away from that. Second Corinthians 11, 4, for if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus and the one we claim to you, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up, you put up with it readily enough. The problem is Paul is in Second Corinthians correcting the church at Corinth for doing this very thing that this gentleman is trying to do. He is saying, see, there's another spirit that's telling me these things, but it's obviously not the spirit of God because God won't contradict himself. The spirit this young man uh, is following is a spirit of the age, is the, uh, again, what I would say, the new age spirit of, of spirituality. That is what he's following. And then he get, goes on and he says here in the last few phrases, So the more that he is studious, well, what does he yeah. mean with that? Yeah. First of all, this idea of studious with the Bible, does he actually mean that looking at the Bible as the apostles looked at the Bible, as Christ looked at the Bible? Obviously, no. He's made it clear in previous videos that he rejects the idea that the Levitical law is still binding in its moral precepts or that yeah. Jesus actually affirmed the Old Testament moral code or that mm -hmm. the Again, if you read the Pauline epistles, he's very clear about homosexuality as a sin. He rejects all those things, right? Yeah. More studious with the Bible. By what standard do you mean more studious? If you mean you're going to use a historical grammatical lens to understand scripture, which is the method by which the New Testament church dealt with the Old Testament scripture, if mm -hmm. that's what you mean, that is not what you are doing. Studious compared to what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then again, the spirit of God and the more studious. And then he ends up saying, you know, it's, it makes me, I don't, I, I know what, or I don't know anything. I, know, of, the more yeah. I love. Yeah. The less I know, the more I love. And it's one of those things. Okay. But then do you know what love is? Because you have to know God who is love to know what love is. The only way to you know, know the God, then you have to look at what God has said. And then if you question the foundation of the Bible, then you really can't know if God actually said what love is That's right. and that Jesus, whenever he said that, you know, no, no man has more love than this than he lays life down for his friends. Okay. Well, Jesus might not have said that Jesus might've been a selfish dude. You don't, you have no clue because you've given up the revelational epistemology that is required of you um, because that's the way it started at the beginning. 
And that's the way it's going to go into eternity. We are derivative. Our knowledge is derivative, and it is granted by God. And that's the only way we can have certainty. Again, not about everything, but only what God has revealed. And He's and uh, by virtue, God has given us sufficient and necessary authoritative and errant information um, through the hands of people that He wanted to use. So, yeah, two things on this. Number one, what is it that you know less of? To know that you love more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what standard are you able to actually know that you love more if you know less and love more? So how do you have knowledge that you're actually loving and by what standard are you defining love? It's obviously not one according to scripture. It's yeah. obviously not one who would be defined as loving their neighbor as themselves. And by the way, that's in scripture. Therefore, what? how do you even evaluate whether you love your neighbor more than yourself if you don't even know what that means? It's incredibly yeah. problematic. The, the truth of the matter is this guy was never <clears throat> saved. Uh, in pride, he holds himself up as someone with some type of special uh, Gnostic, modern Gnostic knowledge. His knowledge of Christian doctrine is incredibly shallow, and he presents us with no epistemological standard. But he yeah. wants people to follow him into this confusion, which will lead to destruction. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, if you uh, listen to this guy, if you know anybody that listens to this guy, you know, send us uh, what your friends that, you know, if they do listen to him, like send us what he's what they're latching on to. And uh, we can deal with it on the show. Maybe maybe this can lead to some sort of actual interaction with him on the Tag Your Podcast or Love whatever. Because I, I have no clue who this guy is. It's just if you're going to throw your stuff out on TikTok, I mean, people are going to get a hold of it and people do latch on to the stuff like that. And so I think that's uh, this is definitely something that is useful for the podcast because he's going to supply just tons of objections and arguments and all that stuff that we can definitely deal with so that you guys can because this is like TikTok stuff, right? This is going to be your everyday uh, sitting, standing in line at Walmart, sitting in a barber chair kind of stuff that people are going to be talking. This is, yeah, this is just vapid, postmodern, wackadoo, psychobabble. Sure, wackadoo. Yeah, gobbledygook <laughs> would be uh, the phrase from Van Til anyway. But yeah, this is the kind of stuff that we're going to, that, that, that we all, we all know we confront and like it's so, uh, silly and foolish that whenever we hear it, like we can't argue it just because it's like hits us in the face going like, Whoa. so let's work it out here and sharpen one another. And so, yeah, if you have anybody that, if you know anybody that knows Mashiro listens to his stuff and latches onto it, what is it? Send it our way. Let us know. Um, or just anything like that. Let's yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, join uh, the Cooper stuff and uh, put, per, per, yeah, pronounce the war on deconstructionism, <laughs> you know, as, as he has and, and, and get in on this. But yeah, this is a, again, this is stuff that's, that's crazy and uh, just uh, totally gets rid of the foundations of any sort of thought. And you really can't argue it because you can't argue um, no reason. Yeah. So again, God has given us a mind to reason, think his thoughts after him and glorify him, chief and demand to enjoy him forever. So, and, and my piece would be, Mike, we would love to visit with you. We'd yeah. love to uh, put to test your epistemology and do so in a way that is productive and conducive. Uh, we're kind folks. You can look at the way that we've interacted with others who have come on, who hold different positions than us. We've always been very graceful and gracious in the way that we've interacted with them. So we just invite you to come and give us a give us a bit of a rebuttal to what we've put forward there. Um, demonstrate to us in a consistent 
uh, argumentation style in a logical style that you actually can put your worldview into practice and do so in a consistent manner. We would love to see that done. So thank you. Yes, <laughs> I guess that'll yes. probably wrap up this episode. <laughs> yes, that'll wrap up this episode. And again, just to let you guys know, uh, we're sort of changing the format again um, to uh, just kind of just topically um, help us out here on our end and then, uh, you know, less time spent, but hopefully quality information spent um, on your end and, and that we can get this uh, conversation and these conversations continue to going in your churches and your neighborhood and your barbershop, wherever you find yourself at. Um, let's equip each other so that we can go on and, uh, you know, just uh, proclaim the, the name of Christ um, that uh, will be proclaimed in all the earth as the, as the waters cover the sea. So with that said, this is the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bever. And Soli. Yeah. Gloria. Gloria.